0: Hi there, this is Michelle Ann Olson, and welcome to Are You Afraid of the Bark, the podcast that goes bark in the night. This is episode four of Are You Afraid of the Bark. As always, I'm happy to have you here with me listening. It's a pleasure to be able to tell these stories and even more of a pleasure to to think that you're on the other side of my microphone listening. I've had such a good time with this podcast so far, and I do hope that it can only continue to improve. Before I get started with this week's stories, I do want to request that if you like the podcast, please do consider leaving a written review and a starred review through Apple Podcasts of Are You Afraid of the Bark? Or if you could talk to someone in your life, either in person or through social media about the podcast, maybe turn them onto their first episode, retweet what I'm putting out through my social media accounts, share what I'm putting out through Facebook or Instagram, retweet what I'm putting out through Twitter. If you like the podcast and are able to do just any of that, I would be immensely grateful. I've got this dedicated following week to week, who I know are my family and friends, and I love you so much for doing that. But I'd love to just start to invite maybe people outside of my social circle to listen to the podcast and hopefully allow it to grow a little bit more organically in terms of listeners. I don't anticipate this ever being like my day job or becoming some famous podcaster but to be able to sort of grow my listeners naturally would be it would just be great it would be a really good feeling because I love these stories and I hope you do too and I hope to share them with as many people as possible speaking of stories and my love for storytelling as you probably know I mentioned it in the first episode, I was for many years a haunted tour guide in Ottawa. I worked for a company called The Haunted Walk of Ottawa, and this company also runs tours in Kingston and here in Toronto, and they are just the absolute best. I worked for them for years and years and years, and they treated me so well, and their mandate, how they present the haunted history of each of the cities that they operate in, it's I just have so much respect for them. So I wanted to give a little shout out before I get started with my stories this week to the Haunted Walk because I attended a special event of theirs at Black Creek Pioneer Village this weekend. It was a special event in conjunction with the Pioneer Village and a mentalist called James White, who is also just a super cool person who has done hundreds of seances throughout his career and like teaches police officers how to like read body language to see when a person is being genuine or when a person is lying. So it was this event with with all of those different groups collaborating. And it involved a seance in a hundred-year-old building at Black Creek Pioneer Village. And I really don't want to spoil any of what happened. Needless to say, as a lover of ghost stories, but also as a coward, (laughs) I like I am a coward, I am very afraid of the idea of ghosts even as I tell these stories and even though this is such a big part of my life and has been since I started working for the haunted walk all those years ago I'm a very like cowardly person so anyway this night this seance this event was so superbly organized it was so scary like I can't remember the last time I was that scared I'm still not sure what to make of what went down in that building with James White and the rest of our group, but it was some spooky stuff and it gives me major pause. I like to try to explain away ghostly happenings with as much skepticism as possible because then I find I can be a little bit less scared of what I've experienced, but there are things that happened on this tour that I honestly don't know how to explain. So all of that to say that if you are in Toronto or Ottawa or Kingston, check out the haunted walk and the sweet totally terrifying events that they do during the summer and especially leading into the month of October. That's just a little plug for them because they they got my heart pumping this weekend. Now in the background just now you might have heard a forlorn meow. That is my cat, Coco. There she goes again. It's because I'm recording this a little bit later than usual. (laughs) After attending the seance on Saturday night, I think I screamed too much and I lost my voice, so I'm not recording on Sunday like I normally do. I'm recording on Monday evening, and Coco thinks that it is her dinner time. She knows and I know that she's got like a half hour to go. But you might just hear her meowing forlornly and running around in the background as she tries to convince me that it is, in fact, her dinner time. She's a lovely cat. She's like the love of my life, but she is extremely food motivated. So I do apologize for that. It's not even thematic because today I'm talking specifically about dog ghosts. No cats in sight. Specifically about helpful ghost dogs. Dogs who were good boys good doggos in their lifetime, and who continued to be good boys and helpful after their deaths. Dogs are known to be loyal creatures. They are loyal to one person or to their family, you know, uh, mom, dad, kids, loyal in life, sometimes to a fault. And there are all of these stories in the media and in the form of legend of dogs who have come to the aid of their masters, sometimes at their own peril. The story that comes to mind off the top of my head is one that I told on the old podcast of one of the first ghost stories told in the United States about a blue tick hound who, when his owner was overcome by thieves on the way home from the pub ran to his owner's aid uh, placing himself between the gang and his owner and in doing so in attempting to protect his owner the dog lost his own life was thrown against a rock and died and unfortunately his owner eventually perished in that attack as well but these stories of dogs You know, going back into burning buildings after members of their family, um, putting themselves between an owner and a dangerous animal, just loyal to a fault is the reason they're called man's best friend. So the dogs in the following stories were good and loyal in their lifetime and continue to be even following their deaths. My first story is about Preston the Boxer. I will just say that these stories don't tend to have specific dates. They do seem a little bit like the kind of legend or myth that gets passed on by word of mouth and maybe becomes part of the legend of a city or neighborhood. I don't have specific dates. I suspect that these are stories that were just told person to person to person over the years and they don't tend to get that specific, but they're too good not to share. So Preston the Boxer was a boxer who lived in a neighborhood of Nashville in Tennessee called Belmont Hillsboro. The story takes place on Halloween night when a 13-year-old girl was trick-or-treating with her younger brother, who was about seven. They were trick-or-treating, and the boy dropped some of his candy on the side of the road, and he bent over to pick it up. As he was bent over, although this was a quiet and suburban neighborhood, a car turned the corner and screeched toward the boy. He was directly in its path, and he probably would have been hit and probably would have been severely injured or even would have died had it not been for Preston, who sprinted out of his yard and straight into the path of the oncoming car. And he took the brunt of the impact so that the boy, as he stood up, was completely unharmed. Now the force of that impact sent Preston flying onto a nearby lawn, and as the young girl ran to her brother, he was fine. She lost sight of the dog, and when she turned to look for his body, it had simply disappeared and was never found. So since then, people claim in this same neighborhood that on Halloween they can hear a disembodied barking in the area. And others trick-or-treating in the neighborhood have even reported feeling an unseen dog brush against their legs or nudge at them with its nose when they get too close to the side of the sidewalk, when they risk wandering into the street. As for that young girl, the sister from the story, she's now quite elderly and still lives in the neighborhood. And it is said that every Halloween night, she still leaves a biscuit on her doorstep for Preston. Our next story comes to us from Atlantic City in New Jersey, and the hero, the protagonist of this next story, is known simply as Nightlife. So Nightlife, and I'm not sure of his breed, he was a dog owned by a local bartender, and it was said that he would walk patrons home who had had a little bit too much to drink, and then he would always come back to the bar when he was done. He would guide them safely across intersections, through traffic lights, and make sure that they that they got home safely before returning to his owner at the bar. He was so well-known and beloved in the community that apparently taxi drivers would sometimes pick him up when his charge took him a little bit too far away from the bar and drive him back to the bar and back to his owner free of charge. So this was a dog who was really well-known in the community. When he died, he was buried at a local pet cemetery, and that was made possible by funds that were raised by bar patrons and others in the area. Since then, the ghost of nightlife has been reported waiting at traffic lights at busy intersections, or even approaching intoxicated individuals walking home, same as he did when he was alive. Taxi drivers have claimed that a ghostly dog will approach the car their taxi and beg to be let in, only to vanish when the doors are opened. Or this dog will seemingly be waiting at street corners for their cab to pull up. When it does, that ghostly dog will flicker in and out of existence before disappearing. So it would seem that nightlife continues to roam the streets of Atlantic City and to guard over its more intoxicated individuals. So that is another good boy. My final story is the one I think that has been the most changed over time, over telling over time. It comes out of sort of the colonial age or era in the Bahamas, the late 1800s. Some of the sources that I read implied that this Story may be a holdover from earlier British ghost stories that details may have been changed to reflect a new life in the colonies as it was told by travelers, traders, naval types. So it it might be older and might originate from somewhere other than the Bahamas within the British Empire. But anyway, the version that I researched, is specific to the Bahamas. Basically, a ship was traveling from Cuba to Bermuda, and among the many passengers on the ship was a family with two daughters and a German shepherd named Sheba. And again, many sources say German shepherds specifically. Others refer to sort of a large breed protective dog, um, But we'll go ahead and assume that Sheba was a German shepherd. So during that trip, traveling again from Cuba to Bermuda, a hurricane struck the ship, and it was apparently so powerful that the hull split in two, sending passengers, including the two sisters and Sheba, into the sea. Sheba was brave and swam as strongly as she could, and both sisters clung to her, doing everything they could to hold on to her fur, but the powerful waves tore the three of them apart. Sheba was able to locate one of the girls and pulled her to shore, but then the dog heard a faint cry, which was the other sisters still calling for help, being buffeted by the waves. Although Sheba was exhausted, she swam out to sea and rescued the other girl. But as they returned to shore, both Uh, were overcome by the waves and drowned. Since that time, there have been sightings in the Bahamas that people believe to be the spirit of Sheba, perhaps making up for her inability to save the second sister. So a few years ago, a nine-year-old girl fell from her parents' sailboat while she was not wearing a life jacket. To top it off, she wasn't a very good swimmer, and she was struggling to keep her head above the water. But she started to lose that struggle and she was following uh, for longer and longer periods below the waves. She then felt something grab onto her t-shirt and pull her upward. It was a German Shepherd. Once bringing her safely to the shore, the dog barked, turned, and vanished. Yep, there's Coco again. It's still too early for dinner, my friend. Eh? Yeah. In a separate incident, a 12-year-old girl was snorkeling in and around a, a reef, and she saw a shadow move across the sand below her. She looked and saw a German shepherd swimming in the open water toward her. Curious, she climbed up onto a nearby rock to get a better view. The girl called to the dog. The dog stopped where it was in the water, barked, and then vanished and disappeared below the water. Apparently even today, before hurricanes hit the Bahamas, people have reported seeing a German shepherd swim out to sea and then simply vanish. So there are many who believe that Sheba is continuing to show her remorse for not being able to save the second sister by doing what she can to provide warning to others and to save other drowning swimmers. That one made me a little bit sad. I, I just said that I hoped that these stories would be sweet rather than sad or sweet rather than disturbing, but that one, the idea of Sheba feeling maybe the guilt of not being able to save the second sister, it's, it's a terrible thought, to be honest. I hope that she knows that she's a good girl and she, she's done good and she should be able to find peace. It's important that she knows that, so I don't know. If you ever see her, let her know. And this does conclude the end of my story for this episode four. Short and sweet this week, which I hope is okay by you. I'm going to try, I think, to make the episodes just a tad longer. Somewhere between like 22 and 25 minutes would be ideal, I think. In the meantime, please do promote the podcast as you see fit. If you like it, just tell one other person about it. That would be so helpful. And otherwise, just please follow me on social media and feel free to interact with my posts on social media and share them if you feel so inclined. I'm easy to find on Facebook at AYAOTB Podcast, on Instagram at Afraid of the Bark Podcast, email is Afraid of the Bark Podcast at gmail.com. And Twitter is at Afraid of the Bark. As always, I invite you to send me, through any means, I mean, if you know my physical address, send me like a letter, send me an email, tweet me any stories about your experiences with the paranormal, uh, specifically the animal paranormal. I mean, you're welcome to send me your ghost stories with, you know, your experiences with human ghosts or shadow people or aliens or whatever. I'm always interested in hearing those. But specifically, I'm looking to compile uh, just a a collection of listener stories relating to animals and the paranormal that I could potentially share in sort of an anthology episode at some point. So yeah, if Again, if if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to do it. I hate asking every week, but everything that I'm reading is telling me that those reviews and those starred reviews and written reviews are the ones that matter in terms of getting more visibility. So if you have a second, I would appreciate it. Other than that, if you're looking for more spook in your summer, do check out the Haunted Walk, like I mentioned. I'm home alone right now, like, again, early evening on Monday, and since attending this event on Saturday, I'm, like, not super comfortable in my apartment, kind of questioning everything I know, and Coco is not helping by, like, wanting her dinner and like zipping around and like meowing at nothing and staring at walls and just being cuckoo. Cause she wants me to feed her. She just, she's putting me on edge. Anyway. Um, I'm kind of rambling now. I just do like the idea of you listening on the other side of this mic. I feel close to you, whoever you are. So thank you for listening. If you have a good doggo in your life Go and hug him or her. Just give him a big old hug, your most loyal companion. I think dogs are way better than we as humans can ever hope to be. Um, I like the saying, if I'm half as good a person as my dog thinks I am, then I've done well. They are just better than us in every way. So go hug yours. Apart from that, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to this episode. I'll see you next week, and as always, I wish that you have sweet dreams tonight. Thanks for listening. All right, Coco, are you ready for dinner? What? Okay.